Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is a thing. One on hundred hustlers. Who this? One on hundred hustlers. We got to bring that back. <laughs> what you eating now? Damn. A mango. Oh, I thought it was you know, a banana. You know who eats fairly well, it seems like? A very nice, diverse diet. Who? Cardi B. <laughs> Cardi B is such a Caribbean girl. <laughs> she be eating star, star fruit and mangoes. I don't know how she lives with those nails. I don't know how she wipes her butt with those nails. I'm concerned. She probably got a, the toilet. Probably got splashed. somebody else to do it. True. By I the way, Internet, see. that's what I'm buying you for your birthday. What? Is a... Uh, damn, what's that called? <laughs> the, ja- the Japanese toilet thing? What's it called? I was about to say a duvet. That's definitely not what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> what's what is it that called? called? A bidet. A bidet. My mom said they're only $30. I thought they were expensive white woman shit, but that's the like... The $30 thing is regular. the one I think you put in the... It's not the actual, like, toilet. Like, there's ones no. that are toilet. You put but this you, in your toilet. You just toilet. have, like, a little hose, and you just spray your butt with it. It's amazing. You have one? My mom has one. Or I'll get you one. And we could both have one. And I'll get you one. Frenzy. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> is it warm water or hot water? Also, where's the water coming from? The toilet bowl? Because I ain't with that. Girl, it's the same water you wash your face with. Yeah, but how do you hook it up? I don't know. It's easy, my mom says. Apparently. Oh. Okay. What's up? What's going on, Sheila? What are your updates? I was driving and listening to NPR. <laughs> and they were talking about bagels in Montreal. And that ha- that apparently Montreal has the best bagels, hands down, better than New York bagels. No and way. I really love bagels. And I really love the idea of traveling to Montreal to eat a wood f- oven cooked, wood fire oven, fresh bagel. And I got so sad because I was like, that's not going to happen. That just can't happen. And who knows when it's ever going to happen. Oh, you were triggered. <laughs> I was so sad. I was like, this is some bullshit. And then Montreal has banned wood fire ovens due to pollution. So I'll never, even if the <laughs> whole thing is over, <laughs> I'll never get to have a wood fire oven bagel from Montreal. You be all right. Um, what else? Anything else? Are you feeling well? You weren't feeling good before? I I'm was not concerned. feeling well. My stomach's not well. You're not taking vitamins. You're not doing nothing right. Venus is in retrograde, which means all your relationships are fucked up. We about to fight, Antoinette. We just got over a fight. Did we? Yeah, when you were like, I'm sorry, I thought that you weren't compromising and you were being dismissive. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
like, it was like, you were like, good night. I was like, good night. I was pissed. Like, I was like, no, I, I misunderstood as well. Good night. No, I was like, I actually, you were like, no, earlier I said, well, I, I, we established that. And now I'm speaking my truth and I'm saying something to you and looking for oh, a so compromise. She, she's speaking her truth. <laughs> this is a problem. <laughs> I was fucking pissed. Uh, that's so stupid. And the way that you fight with me is so annoying because you'll be like so short over text. And you'll just be like, you'll say something like, I just want you to know it's dismissive. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I don't even have a basis for what you're talking about. I just know that you somewhere mad. Upset. Well. Struggling to express myself. <laughs> You express you yourself. I fight with you. That's a good thing. <laughs> you, I was about to say you express yourself. I express myself with well my with mother. Me. I'm with you, and that's a good thing. If Shanti fights with you, then you know it's real. <laughs> but if she's just like, okay, if she doesn't, then you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> she's slowly killing herself. Um, all right. how are you? I'm really, really tired. I don't know why. I'm I think so... it's the moon. Really, it's the moon. Mm-hmm. I think it's that. I, I think it's the fact that I'm like. I was really good about my workouts. I was doing one like every three or four days. Not every three or four days. Excuse me. That's not that good. I was doing one <laughs> three or four times a week. And now it's just like diminished. So I'm going to rest up tonight after we record. And then I'll I'll pick it back up tomorrow. I think that's it. I think my body needs to get going. I went for a walk. It felt so good. But it was like raining here today. Whatever. Um, what the fuck is up with this weather? It's the end of the world. And it's I, May. I have on a sweater. That's a cute sweater. Where you get that from? Plug. Sob Sable. Sable. Um, I look so. I tired. saw my mom. I'm really happy yeah. about that. Uh, we did social distance. She was not happy about it. We were like, we wouldn't eat with her. Because we had to take our masks off in order to eat. So my sister and I ate in the basement. Like Basement? I know. Why did I say like that? About I was way over there and she was way over here. We were eating. And then when we were done eating, we sliced all everything down. And we went for a walk outside. But my mom was happy. She called me today all happy still. You know. And she was like, I had help me do Hulu. So she's watching Little Fires everywhere now. Um... I'm sad that little Richard died, but I'm actually, I'm not that sad about him because he was super old and he lived a... Yeah, he lived a long life. He lived a long life. I hope that he's at peace now, though. Well, for those who don't know... for the young, peace? No, he was struggling. One second he was gay, the next second he was like, gay people are the devil. What you talking about? I never said I was gay. He was like, wait a minute. Yes, you did. Oh, (laughs) shit. Um... (laughs) Little Richard, no. Oh, yeah, he was struggling. I hope he's at peace now. He's the king, architect, pioneer of this shit, rock and roll. Um, and then Andre Andre Harrell died. And that is so sad because he's only 59. And he How sh- did he die? They said that he was having health problems for a while. Um, he, he was having he was just having health problems. Um <clears throat> But I'm really sad about that. And he is like, who did he give us? He gave us so many. He gave us Puff. He's responsible for Puff. Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Teddy Riley. Teddy Riley. C. Heavy D and the Boys. And more and more and more. And I'm really worried about Puff. Like, I'm worried about him. 
he has suffered such major losses consecutively, like boom, boom, boom. And he posted that he finally broke his silence on Instagram. And he wrote like, I can't, he wrote, I can't handle this. Hmm. And, um, and then he put it and that was the caption. And there was a video about how he, Puffy was obviously being honored for something. And Andre was in the audience and he dedicated the whole speech to him and was just like, you know, the summary was that he looked at him as a, he always told him that he was his big brother, but in actuality, he was like, you know, my dad died when I was two, which I didn't know. And then he said, you know, in actuality, you were my father. You've been my father for the past 30 years. So he's probably just dealing with so much over there. And I, I'm just happy. Too. And Mother's Day just passed. So he, he just had I to know. figure out how to have his kids celebrate Mother's Day without their mom. So I'm just happy that he, all his kids are in quarantine with him. Even Quincy, who's not you know, his biological son. I'm really happy to see that. Because if he was alone... I'd be like, somebody got somebody got to go get Puff. You know, but Puff has been on his, like, spiritual path, and he's really trying to make, remain positive. What's his name? Love? He, oh, he changed his name to Love. Yeah, Love something. <laughs> so Puff is is reckoning with the harsh realities of life. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, He'll yeah. be okay. Shout out to Puff. Yeah, so Puff that, but on an uplifting note, I am really, really loving this Michael Jordan documentary. I want to watch it. It's so good. And I'm so upset because my homie sent me, I have to ask, I sent it to my other homie who did download it, but my homie sent me, I don't know how he got it, but he has all of the, the, like the 10 uh, episodes. (laughs) So it was illegal. So I hurried up and downloaded, but I only downloaded eight by accident because their files were so big. So I'm looking for the last two. I have not. I'm, I've been saving they them. Just come out every week. Yeah, they come out on um, Sports Center. Excuse me, not Sports mm-hmm. Center on ESPN, and they'll be on demand. But like, I don't have stuff like that. <laughs> I don't have on demand. So, but I have not watched them. I watched them with everyone else. I'm like, even though I have them sitting on my computer, I refuse. I want to watch and see the Twitter and see everything. Um, but oh, you haven't watched the extra. The, uh-uh. the... I've only watched. I've only. I've kept up to date with when they air because I don't want to spoil it for myself. It looks really it's, compelling. Can I just and say the some... most recent one? He's like crying and cutting up. Like if that's how you gotta play, you don't gotta play that way. That's Yo, how I play though. It, but you can like, see, oh. it's Shanti. It's really amazing, and it puts so much into perspective about my own father because my father idolized him, and why I am the way with, with like how neurotic I am, and how I'm like I'd rather die than not get my work done like that is the type of weird and that and why Kobe is the way he is like there's something else fueling him I am nowhere near Michael Jordan's greatness but he and it also shows like he was an asshole too he's honest about that it's just really good it's really really well done it's edited beautifully and the music is hitting the music choices that they made I'm like they they are killing. They had tribe on there. All kinds of stuff. It's it's. I wonder if they have a lot of black people um, behind the scenes. It has to be black folks in that room. But it's like, it's riveting. Riveting. It's Say it again. Riveting. You know who you are. You brought that word into my vocabulary, baby. It's changed my life. Um, riveting. In other news, <laughs> speaking of folks that bring things into our lives, <laughs> we have a voicemail. We have a couple. There's one young lady. She was recommending a book to us, and it's the book that. You also 
um, want to read a marriage story. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, she recommended that before she even knew that that's what we were. Yeah. Calling? She 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 uh, called in and was like, her, "It's a little long," but she called in and was just like, "Hey, I'm I'm still catching up on episodes, but I highly recommend a marriage story." That so I was like, "Okay, so." Oh, so that must be the that must be hitting, right? But there's another one that I think I hope you can hear it because I don't think it'll play on my computer now. Hi, my name is Teresa, and I just listened to you guys' episode about squirting. And, yeah, I am a big fan of Xavier. I think he goes by Xavier Thick, if that's the one I'm thinking you guys are talking about on X videos. He is awesome. He is my go-to guy when I need some relief. So I get it. I understand. And it's more look like he is making love in the fucking tube. But, uh, yeah, he is the man. I just want to share my thoughts thank you i love you guys you guys are awesome i look forward to your your podcast every week and take care bye yes <laughs> that is so we the, change your lives out but here. The, we also change your names the fact that i call that man javier and why did i have this whole latin fantasy with him that is a negro name Xavier. <laughs> Motherfucking Xavier. My name is Xavier. She called him Javier. And then, Javi. And then, and then I, I had a nickname Javi for him. For sure. Like, I was like, Javi has said. <laughs> but um Child. then shout out to the homegirl who hit <laughs> that 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 Instagram story took me out when she was on there. She was she had the <laughs> meme typing like listening to Runaway Curls looking up Javier. I wonder how that went for you, girl. Call us. Let us know. Was it a win? Yeah, man. I'm turn, sure turned it was. her life around. I'm sure Upset it was. her man, whoever's in her life. Or her woman. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, oh, we did a bonus episode. I'm very happy about that. And just so y'all know, that audio is straight from Zoom since the Patreon content, that was page, exclusive Patreon content, um, that Jill Scott, we had Jill Scott and Erica on. Super, super honored to have them on our podcast along with Queen Afua. Uh, Queen Afua. So, so yeah. make sure you check that out. It was a really riveting and holy experience. It was. I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they went on Versus and they did it again. And... Um, what you Girl, you're so shady. <laughs> First of all, thank God that you text me because I I thought it was nine o'clock. I know. I was like, girl, did you see how shady Jill is? You was like, it's on. I was like, you idiot. <laughs> they were a whole was... 30 minutes late and you still somewhere just chilling. I don't know what the fuck I was doing, but that, that was... You uh... You didn't even yeah, see what? what Jill did. I'll fill you in. Yeah, you texted me mad as mad as boots. I was mad the whole night. But go ahead. Tell me what you thought. Cause I don't I need to save mine for a second. I felt like first of all, I love that Erica Badu had Kung Fu playing in the background. <laughs> I loved her fit. Jill looked pretty. Jill is always pretty. She's gorgeous. They both look really nice. Um, but it was, uh, there was something awkward about it and I felt like a little bit of tension as if there had, like, they're not really friends. I don't you agree with that. You can tell they're not really friends. I don't friends. agree with that. Oh, I don't, I, I don't think that they're real friends. I didn't feel like a level of comfort and they mentioned in the, um, they mentioned in it that people used to try to pit them together against each other 
and there, you know, there was no beef or nothing. But I'm pretty sure some, I don't know, I don't know what the backstory is. I'm not going to make any assumptions, but I could feel just a little bit of like something. Can I tell you? But I felt like you, I know what it Erica is. was so unbothered. Erica's just grounded. Somebody said it well. I can't remember. She's grounded. Exactly what she the knows quote exactly was. who she is. She's grounded. She's grounded, but she's also like way out there. She's yeah. also just like all the way out there. Like she's <laughs> when she hit the divine mathematics, I was <laughs> like, here we go. You were like, chromatic <laughs> math. <laughs> she hit the divine Mac math. What else did she hit? Oh, she was like, time. I don't have any conception she's of time. Like, I, don't have I was like, oh, here she go. <laughs> She fucking goes. But I feel like Jill is. Save Jill for me, please. The space of emotions. Like she rules that. Whereas Erica is like the space of consciousness. Like she, they weren't on the same. They just weren't on the same length. And not that one was better, but I just, I just feel like Jill is far more emotional. And even listening to her music, like. That's what she rules. And Erica Badu is like, nigga, free your mind. What's emotions? They're traps. I got to detach. When I feel nervous, I go and I just breathe. <laughs> and Jill's like, I'll punch a bitch in the face. What do you mean? She's also Aries, so. I, okay. I have a very unpopular opinion, I'm sure. <sighs> Erica is, to me, grounded, completely sure of herself unapologetic she know that people think she crazy and she really doesn't give a fuck she does what she wants to do she does the music she wants to do and jill is full of shit (laughs) she i'm sorry i just feel like i love jill scott's music I love Jill Scott's music. I love that she reps Philly. She is a beautiful woman. I think she's uber talented. Actress, musician, writer, performer, all these things. But Jill was so performative on her. It was like, girl, can you just relax and stop trying to make these moments. Like the thing that was special about Teddy, Riley, and um, Babyface was that we were like flies on the wall watching them have their moment. They were not forcing Mm -hmm. moments for us to have. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. what I felt. It was just so obtuse. It felt fake. It felt inauthentic. It was like, you can be... She was so... She has, she has so much reverence. And it's like, I get it. That's Erica Badu. But then some of it just came off fake. And I was like, if I was a manipulative person, <laughs> this, would, this, is, this would be genius. She has this beautiful smile and this warm heart and this sweet appeal. But it's like, girl, we know what you're doing. Jill, uh, Erica opened up with You Got Me as like a nod to Jill because Jill wrote it. She even said it. And then Jill goes... I have to I have to play the same song and plays her live version, who we all know. She didn't outsang the hell out of it. She went crazy on that version. And then she's like, I was so scared. 17 years old. And and we were in New York and you were late. You were stuck in traffic. So Black Thought came to me and said, I guess you're going to have to go out there. And I went out and it was like, shout out to Lizelle. He was with me. Like, girl, 
Liza, I don't fuck with you, but shout out to Liza, <laughs> he was with me. And then she goes, and then she lets the entire fucking song play. When verses is supposed to be a verse and a chorus, sis, we all know it. But she was going to let that whole thing play so that she could have her crazy ass ending. We knew what that was. It was just clear to me. It was like, I didn't believe her. Mm. I did. I don't believe you, Jill. What do, so what do you think her, her true sentiment? I think her true thing is that she's really insecure. And insecure not in a way where it's like, I'm insecure so I can't put myself out there. It's like, I'm insecure so I have to make this about me. Like a lot of Erica's stuff, it was made about Jill and how it had affected Jill. And how... Jill was just like, oh, you're so amazing and this and that. And it was everything. Everything was a long story. Everything was a long moment. Everything was this heightened ass language. It was just like, girl, can we have what we want and just can you play the can you play the tune? Can we all love it? And can you move on to the next thing? But then it was also like she was so self-deprecating and self-sacrificing that it was uncomfortable and it was almost like she was doing it so that she was shooting herself down so folks could build her up and it was like and even in the that's how I see it and I feel like she probably does that with people in her life but it was like this she needed like this constant reassurance that was driving me wild and it was like I'm here for the love fest I didn't want it to be a beef I knew it was gonna be a love fest I wanted that I wanted them to dap each other up be like yo that fucking song was hot and keep it moving sing each other's tunes Mm, yeah but it was just like girl we are four hours in and you still talking then she tried to fake cry at one point I was like it ain't no tears coming out your eyes what the fuck was she crying about And, and I think that was attention I think that's what you get from Erica is that Erica knows like some of this is performative. She's still searching within herself to just be herself instead of being this searching, Jill Scott thing that, that she feels that she has to be and has to put on. And, ha- and everything has to be like this. And I just felt so full. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. It's like, girl, you're not going to cry because you're not crying. Play the tune. You're not actually crying, Jill. It was just like, and then at the end when she was like, I don't know what to play. Like that damsel in distress thing. Like, bitch, you didn't play He Loves Me and you didn't play Long Walk. You know what the fuck to play. Oh. That's why Erica was like, I'm walking. And Erica walked up the screen like, bye, girl. Because I think that there's a level of inauthenticity that Erica doesn't relate to, but she also mm-hmm. isn't angry about it. She's also yeah. like, you're going to get there. I'm not bothered yeah. by it because sis, you on your journey and I'm on mine and I don't have yeah. no concept of yeah, time. She's, she's just yeah. like, you got mm-hmm. it. That's who you are. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you get over here, you'll get over here. But it was driving. I turned it off. I said, damn I, it, tonight. Girl, it was driving me wild. Cause you know what? I, I know people like that. I have family members like that who are so mean. Like she reminds me of my aunt who one time who hated my mother cause my mother was white. And she fucking, I'll never forget when my parents were divorced and I was having it out with my mom. It was rough. She came up to me and was like, I know you're going through something right now, sweetie, but I can be your mother. Oh. What? I looked at her and was like, 
she really think I was insulted because I thought to myself, you think I'm that dumb to fall for this level of manipulation? And that was the energy that maybe I was triggered. Maybe I'm wrong. It's probably an unpopular opinion. I looked online and apparently everybody was like, this is what I needed. My soul was fed. I said, y'all lying. Y'all, if y'all I ate love that when up. you have unpopular opinions. It's, it's always me. <laughs> I have an unfucking popular. And now, you now. That was shit was whack. I understand what you were saying when you were talking about Queen and Slim because I was like I get it now there are certain black people and black things that that basically can do no wrong because there's just these projects that we have to root for because the cause and like the representation is like we have to protect it. It's like, we got to protect Jill and Erica, our queens. We can never call them out. Like, no, Jill, that was bullshit. Your Afropunk performance was bullshit last time, too. It was trash. You oh, ruined my she, sister's night. I'm going in. like coming for you. I love her. I'm telling no. you. I And that's the thing. Now, I don't know. I don't know her. I love her. square up but, when you see her someday. But <laughs> I, I've seen her many times, and she is not that person that you saw on screen. I've seen her. I've spoken to her. I've been around her. She ain't, that ain't her. Well, 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 well. I, I don't know it. if the whole thing was trash. I didn't say the whole thing. When they played the music, ours it was, was great. was probably better. Unpopular but... opinion, ours was more fun. <laughs> yo, I sent, I sent ours to a couple people and they was like, yo, yours was so much more fun, yo. I was like, <laughs> mostly because of you, because you had that going. I was kind of tight. I had to be Jill because I don't know how to be here. You should have just played over the top, but you, you you just did it very well. Now you know how to do it. Now like, I know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was a moment where she said she was looking, she was sitting there. She had a beautiful, she looked gorgeous. She had that ring light on her. And she looked over to the side and she said, I love you too. As though somebody was, I bet you it was not even anybody fucking standing there telling them that oh! they loved her. That's what she does. I'm just like, ah, girl, what are you doing? Why, why do you have to do that while Erica's playing her song? Why are you that insecure? Just sit there and groove to the fucking song Erica and shut up. Fuck. Erica She had, what's fuck. his name? Bruce Lee in the background. Like, ha, ha, ha. She's <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. But I was really, I struggled. I struggled. I struggled. And I really struggled with how many people were right and be like, you remind me so much of Jill Scott. And I was like, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, like, no. If I remind you of Jill Scott, like her personality, sis. If I remind you of her with her talent, cool, I'm good with that. With her beauty, cool, I'm good with that. But like, it's a lot of big girls with big titties and curly hair out there. I don't have to be Jill Scott. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, say no more, fam. That's a and don't, thumbs and, down from Antoinette. Don't add thumbs me. up from me. Thumbs that was, down a, that from was a thumbs up to you, really. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't annoyed by Jill Scott. You have, but I, I thought that they could have been a little bit more crunk. It was just a little bit, just like it was a little bit deadpan. But it was like okay. But also, I'm not. Girl, I, was I don't sleep. Unpopular I opinion. These verses, like this, was the hypest verses that I ever was about. I wasn't as hyped for Teddy Riley and Baby. You weren't Fierce. as hyped for Teddy. Not as I, not like I was for Jill Scott and Erica, just because their music, although I like it. If waiting to exhale, I mean, seriously, but still. Um, you have to, have you watched the T-Pain 
versus Little John one, you would get your entire fucking life. I'm telling no, you, I, I should have watched that one, but it's on YouTube. I sent you to. I'm gonna send it to you. Promise me that just watch it while you're in the tub or something, just around the house. You're no, gonna I start cry in the tub. I'll be watching YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's my time to cry. You won't be crying. You're gonna be so. You gonna. I can just see you kicking your foot, dancing around like just extra. Having a I started game. playing some of it for my sister in the car, and she was on her shit. Tina, how's Tina doing? She's good. She gave me some fucking lecture because I was playing Megan Thee Stallion, and she was like, "You know, you kids today." I said, "What?" And she she was like, "It's just." She was like, "Back in the day, you know, we had." R&B and we had you know th- this type of music and I know that there are artists and I said oh really okay let me play some of your shit I put on Lil Kim I put on all the shit that she fucks with just a little bit whose video she was in I said that you know you mean lyrics like this and she she shut right up and she was singing for the rest of the car ride in it it's like y'all are irritating anyway shout out to Jill Scott shout out to Philly uh, don't shout her out <laughs> She see you in the street. She gonna say square up. Jill Scott knocked me the fuck out. She is big <laughs> as fuck, yo. I remember seeing her like that is one beautiful big bitch. She's like, she is. It's like a building's coming, like this beautiful building's coming towards you. She's just stacked like a pop, 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 pop. She's like she six a foot building. with like a beautiful head. She no, her hair was like out up. here. She see, she like, but you call me a beautiful fucking building. <laughs> nah, I didn't bitch. mean it. Like, me I mean, a... like, it's like a, she's, she has stature. Damn. All right. You would think she'd be able up. to stand on her own two feet. Anyway. Damn. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I got problems. I'm going to jump in it. I'll help you. <laughs> you better. Even though she, you probably would be. <laughs> she fucked both of us up. If I see Jill Scott, I feel like I could outrun her. So I'm out. I feel like I ain't fighting you, bitch. Not alone. Run into net. <laughs> and that light skinned bitch and that sidekick. Let's go. <laughs> but I will say I was really happy to see how how much of Philly was in there. Like it was just so yeah. Philly. It was just the producers, the folks, the everything. So I was hyped about that. Moving on. Moving on to another thing that there's a lot of opinions about. It's very polarizing. Black as fuck. On Netflix by Kenya Barris, creator and writer of Blackish, Grownish, Mixedish, Mixedish, and Girls Trip. You, how many episodes did you watch? Three. Uh, you did, episode five is the best one. I stopped at episode five because I was like, this was, this is amazing. A lot oh. of them I didn't like, but episode five I think is like, wow, he he did something with this. What did you think? Oh, I have to go back to it then. You got to watch even and even if you don't watch watch I four, mean, they're short. I didn't so. think it was funny. I wasn't I feel like Blackish is funny. I don't watch I Blackish. I laugh at Blackish. It's funny to me. I don't watch. The the actual content of it is like funny. But I didn't I didn't think this was funny. Interesting. You know, like there's some absurd outlandish like what the f- curb not curb your enthusiasm yeah curb your enthusiasm oh Uh-oh. here we go falling apart child <laughs> y'all shotty hair wrap coming off <laughs> that curb your enthusiasm is absurd but it's funny as fuck and it's you know it's definitely a outlandish portrayal of Jewish people and Hollywood and money and fame and, you know, uh, privilege, but it's fucking funny. 
And he says outlandish shit on there, but it cracks me up. I didn't feel like this was funny enough for it to be. It wasn't smart enough mm. for, for what it was trying to. I don't know what he was trying to do. I don't know what he's trying to I say. I agree so with I'll, you. I'm curious. To I think there's a, there are moments that are not that I'm like, this isn't this isn't clever enough. Um, but I do find some of the characters, the choices funny. And I think in their most of their delivery and I really like the dry, dry. I like dry shit, and the fact that he's so dry and how he speaks so softly. He'd be like, he'd look around to his family, like, "What the fuck, yo?" And he's talking. I like him. He's actually my favorite character. He's my favorite character. Where I really, I think that the choices that he makes, like if I were to read those lines on a paper as an actor, I wouldn't make those choices. So to see him make the choices that he makes to deliver the lines lightly, to deliver them softly to kind of say it to himself. It's like, oh, that's a great choice. So I watch it in that way. I also think Rashida was funny as fuck when she was high on that Molly. I'm sorry. That was really funny. <laughs> I was, was dying. I, I like I like the clothes that they got on. Yeah. I, actually, I, I, I love all the styling. And I think that the girl is smart. I think the the girl that kind of narrates who's doing like her her um she what is this like a behind the scenes footage thing i think the kid who's a liar is funny i think that the little girl the premise that everybody's scared of her because she's a savage i think it's funny i there's just certain moments that i think are hilarious there's i don't you probably didn't get to it but there was one where he was like he was he felt like he was a black he was a bad black dad did you get to that one he was like (laughs) am i a bad black dad and it was cracking me up you see that's what i'm saying i think it warms up a little bit but episode five is where he has a lot of black writers on like tyler perry Issa ray ava duvernay uh lena i forget the other guy's name and he's trying to figure out if his work is mediocre he's like am i a bad black writer are people just not saying anything about my work because i'm black and and it's like real shit like it's like what we talked about with with Queen and Slim, he's like, is are people just letting me get a pass because executives are scared to say anything because they need more black representation? Am I like the it thing right now, but my work is subpar? And he's asking Tyler Perry that. And, and he's like, because your shit is like, you he know. He fucking asked Tyler Perry that? Yeah, and Tyler <laughs> Perry is cussing on it and saying real shit like, who gives a fuck? If you're work, like you're speaking to a certain audience. And then it makes you, and then he leaves there like still conflicted I am just telling the whole thing. I hope people actually. Sorry, y'all. You should skip this. I mean, if you it don't. ain't no drama thriller. I know, but but he leaves there conflicted, and then he's like, "Well, maybe there needs to be a um, a panel of black folks that make decisions in black Hollywood and media, and they and they have to be the people that tell us if our work is is appropriate and as if it's represent like representative, and if it's if it's actually good work." And I just thought, I was like, that must be something that he thinks about at night. Like, am I doing whack shit? Would anybody it is even kind tell of. It me? Is, but I feel like blackish, grownish, mixed-ish. That's also a network television. That's got to yeah, be a little whack. but. It's got to be a little no. whack. No. What's a good, actually, I don't know any good network shows, so let me shut the fuck up. I mean, Family Guy is a network television, and that's fucking hilarious. Family, Family Guy? The cartoon? Girl, that's late, 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 late. It's late it's at night. It's hilarious. But anyway, it's it's soft. It feels, it feels, I don't know, black. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know what he, I don't know if those questions are. 
strong enough strong enough to really like bite into and chew on because it's not that the execution is not that agreed it gets i think it gets lost what i think that he has these messages that he's trying to get through but he gets lost in the satire and in like the shtick and in the stereotypes that he puts in purposely and then it's just not that well like the whole scene where he goes with his wife, and then she go meets her friend, the the white girl, who's like, "We got a tiny house, and we're going to yeah. go camping, glamping." That fell, that fell like, flat. I want to go glamping, and I was like, "Oh, this is." Yeah, that fell flat. It did. I agree, but I think I, I think what was interesting to me about it is people's, and I'm I'll 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 finish this up soon. But people's um their response to it was so visceral, and a lot of people's issue was the fact that Rashida Jones was cast. And what I think what people have to understand it, and I think they get it now, but that he's talking about his life, and yeah, he's to married to a woman who looks like Rashida Jones, <laughs> and people just have a problem with Rashida Jones anyway because of her proximity to whiteness and how she can pass and how she does pass, and folks are uncomfortable with that, which is its own episode. But um, my home girl, um, Blue, Blue Talusma. She it goes by I'm reading her name. Um, she's Afro Latina woman. She goes by Blue Centric, and she has her own podcast. I forget what it's called right now, but her podcast is when uh, Video Vixen Melissa Ford turned into like podcaster, um, and it's actually apparently it's really good. Um, but Blue writes for the Grio as well, and she wrote um, and in not my excuse me try it again, and in my not so humble opinion. Uh, these increasingly angry hot takes are starting to foster a hostile consumer environment that has a lot of black and brown creatives creatives asking themselves, how is it possible to make black audiences happy? Um, because black people have so very few depictions of themselves in the media, we often find ourselves wanting every black creative to speak for all of us at the same time. And while I understand that the generations of exhaustion that stems from, excuse me, and while I understand the generations of exhaustion that stems from, it's still an impossible and dare I say unreasonable request. Instead of being mad at one depiction of blackness being betrayed, we shouldn't be fighting, shouldn't we be fighting for more depictions of blackness to be added to the lineup so it actually looks like the diaspora. Mm-hmm. But I agree with that. I think that when I read a lot of, and, and even I, some of my people that I'm close with had a lot of opinions about this. And I just feel like we are at a place where we want everything to fit into one thing. Everybody has to be represented. And that's why I think stuff is starting to feel less authentic, starting to feel more forced, and starting not to come together. And I think as, if we just tell true human stories and people give people opportunities to do that, the representation will be there because we're humans. And I don't think that every piece of art is going to be the vessel for every bit of representation. Yeah, it's it's totally. difficult. It's really difficult. Um, but yeah, I don't know how you I, feel. Is that what people are mad about? Is, is that everybody's like, boo, but nobody gave in a, a reason Well, why. a big thing was Rashida. A big thing was that people have a real issue with it being called black as fuck. A real issue because they're like, black people don't act like this. You're trying to say that all black people act like this. And that's not what he's saying. I think what he's that's saying is yeah. this is 
my experience or this is what I'm like, this is just some shit that I'm depicting. But then he also adds uh, black history into it. And he's talking about Juneteenth and he's talking about uh, the middle passage yeah, and shit. So it, I know. Shows. So, so I think that it, it just feels stereotypical. Some of the characters. And I just, I think that people just weren't fucking with it. They didn't want to fuck with it. They're over him. Um, yeah. And then people think that like he's cooning some folks. Other people think it's hilarious. I think it's problematic and hilarious, but I really encourage you the next two episodes. I think you're going to fuck with the, am I a black, bad black dad? And I, am I a bad black writer? I wouldn't call it problematic, though. I'm saying that's what people, people are calling it that because yeah, they feel I, like it's stereotypical. I would stereotypical. never call it problematic. I would just say it's kind of, it's just not, it's not slapping. <laughs> it's not. It ain't slap. It ain't slap. All right, well. But I wouldn't call it problematic. It was okay. It was okay. I really like the, I really like the outfits. The little outfits that they be wearing, the little hairstyles. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> was really into it. Are you going to watch really? the next two? Maybe just watch. I got them. bored after a while, but I will if you if you. They're say short. It, so. They're like twenty four minutes. Anyway, let's take a break and then let's get into pleasure activism when we get back. All right. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career? Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And so we are back and we are returning to um, page 192 from Pleasure Activism, written and gathered by Adrienne Marie Brown. And Pleasure Activism is a compilation of stories, articles, and interviews around the politics of feeling good, inspired originally by um, Audre Lorde. So, this I thought was really interesting and really great, and um, I really loved it. It was short and sweet, and so we start on page... Um, 192, and basically, this chapter is titled "From Me Too hash from hashtag Me Too to hashtag We Consent," and this is written by uh, Adrienne Marie Brown, and so she's talking about moving from this space that we are in culturally, or have just left, where you know Me Too, me too was a big thing and a lot of people were coming out and a lot of people were you know um revealing that they were victims of rape and sexual assault and harassment and just you know a lot of fingers were pointed and a lot of people were you know made to be held accountable for the ways that they uh, violated folks mainly those being men 
So she's kind of like asking that we, of course, everybody needs to be held accountable, but also get to the, the, the reason why um, sexual aggression and, you know, toxic masculinity even happen in the first place. And so she says, I'm sure fear and shame are major factors here, but I also think we are still in such early stages of learning to practice transformative justice. I am not interested in exposing names and exposing the most harmful moments of people's lives. I am interested in how we transform the underlying conditions that generated the harm in the first place. And so it made me kind of think about as a mother, as well as like my first moments um, as a young girl and figuring out are learning that somebody else's, first of all, never being taught anything about consent in the first place and just kind of learning from the culture and music and my own interactions between my parents and, and boys um, and girls, like, you know, how the, these boundaries of yes and no. And so she goes on to say something else. Um, shit, where did I just put it? Oh, can I read it? Because I underlined that too. Many of us are, are taught anti-consent practices as children. That one? Yeah. Many of us are taught anti-consent practices as children to hug and kiss whatever adult comes around asking for affection. That it's rude if we don't make the demand, the demanded contact. This culture of access-based power grows with, with us. Power gives an assumed total of access of older people to younger people's bodies, white people to people of color's bodies, men to women's bodies, cis to trans bodies, those with resources to those with less, those with more physical strength to those with less. It's the way systems of hierarchy, domination, patriarchy, misogyny, and capitalism converge in the realm of flesh. Ooh, she just be talking her shit. What? That was... You gotta read that like six times. <laughs> and she goes on to say, many of us have and had our boundaries crossed before we learned anything about saying yes or no. Mm-hmm. And this is so real to me. And actually, it kind of was like an aha moment for me when the whole Me Too era, when that whole Me Too stuff came out. And I remember at a very young age when I learned that like my instincts and my discomfort didn't matter and was an annoyance if I brought it up. And I remember my parents and my, it was really hot and it was summertime and we lived in an apartment and I was downstairs playing by myself outside in a backyard and everybody was upstairs watching a movie. And there was this light skin boy that was calling me, calling it, trying to get my attention over the gate. And he had to have been like three years older than me. And I was like, um, I was like six, seven. I had you to be were six. six. Yeah, I was really young and I was in the backyard. And he called me to go into the front of the house. And so I didn't ask my parents or anything. So I met him in the front of the house and he rode on his bicycle and he was like, yo, he's, he was like, meet me outside tonight. Like, come outside tonight and meet me outside. And I remember immediately not feeling comfortable with him. 
and the way that he was like interacting with me. And I remember feeling very like And you were shy. six? Yeah, I was young. I remember being really young and like clamping up. And he was like, yeah, come meet me outside. And so I, all of my, everything in my body was like, no, this is wrong. This didn't feel good. And I ran upstairs to tell my parents to tell my, and I, my dad was there and he got mad at me and he told me you shouldn't have been outside in the first place. Mm. Like I interrupted their movie. I shouldn't have been out in the first place. You know, um, there was, there was no consideration of like how I felt that he was wrong and trespassing on me and me playing in the backyard is like I was safe and, Right. You know, there was no talk about when, you know, how how did my body feel? You automatically said no, learning how to say no, learning how to identify you don't feel safe. Even con- even in that moment, had it been my daughter, I would have been like made her feel really proud that like you you got to trust your instincts because your your body and everything said no. And I'm so happy you told me and then maybe have a lesson about like, you know always talk to me, don't go anywhere with anybody else. Mm -hmm. But I remember like how, how it was like a double violation for me. Mm. And especially from that being from my dad, like that just, I don't think I'll ever forget it. And it, it hurt me so much. And I didn't realize until that happened until all of this came out that like, Oh, these are like, these are the early stages where it was like, it doesn't, Learn young. it doesn't matter how you feel that the, the, that this boy being out of place and out of pocket and like making you feel unsafe does not matter. That's annoying. You were wrong. You shouldn't have been in, in that space. You should you have you know, known better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just wonder how we all learn those things. Do you, re- I mean, of course you had, you were violated, you know, you have yeah, your story it's interesting because I don't connect it to consent, though, to a, mm. a consent issue, because when I was molested and raped as a child, it wasn't something that I was interested in. And then it happened and I, or it wasn't something like I wasn't with someone that I like liked. And then, you know, it wasn't a consent. I, I mean, it, it was a consent issue, but I don't view it as that. It was more of a of a to me, it felt I feel feels violent or like more of a violation just because that it was more fear-based. I was afraid and they, and they told me I needed to be afraid. And then I, and I was, it was shame attached. It wasn't like, I wasn't in a situation where I was with someone who, you know, I wanted to be with or, and then they, they took it a step further than, you know, there was never consent. There was never, they knew there was never going to be consent. So it just felt more violent. Um, but for me, I think it was, it's funny because, be, because that happened to me, my parents were very clear about consent after that and nobody can touch your body and nobody this, but that paragraph that I read with the adults and, you know, if an adult says, come here, give me a kiss or come here and you don't want to, like there was always that awkward uncle or aunt or whoever that you're just like, I don't fucking like giving you a hug or kiss. Some ain't right. And I remember not wanting to do that. And it felt even worse because I was going through that at the time. So it was like, it was just that kind of taught me like, 
oh, this, it really, like, you just have to listen to older people. Like, yeah. Um, and so that was conflicting. But I'll say this, like, consent now as an adult, I really like that she talked about how no is a complete sentence. Yeah, was, she gives, she gives these, we should go into them, but she gives kind of, she breaks down um, how consent can be broken down into many things, but go ahead. Um, but I, I mean, no is often not a complete sentence, uh, hmm. when it comes to consent. Um, I find even now I'm 32 years old and my most recent, um, sexual experience was like, I didn't want to have sex with this person. I was super clear about it. They were super clear about it. And I must have had to explain that about five or six times. And finally they got up and they removed themselves and went out to another room. And it was just like, why the fuck do I have to do that though? And it was to the point where I had to yell at them. Like, get the fuck, like that kind of like aggression. And it, and it frustrated me. And I, I can remember times, not recently, but times where it really would trigger me. And it would trigger me back to like me being a young girl. And like, you know how guys will keep trying and keep trying. And I remember being with with a, a boyfriend. I was much younger, but it, he was my boyfriend. And I just, we had, I wasn't trusting him. I knew something was off. We The vibe just wasn't right. We had just kind of had like a weird evening where it was like, I ain't really fucking with you like that right now. Like something ain't right. And I was a young joint, but, and he wanted to have sex and I didn't want to have sex, but he was my boyfriend. And so I was like, oh, well, and he kept at it and kept at it. I remember laying there and crying and he didn't yeah. even know. There's, there's so many, I bet every woman can remember yeah maybe some other maybe men as well just like i wonder how many men have sex when they don't they feel like they have to performatively have sex right it's that's so wild yeah and cry and and just feel terrible. terrible it's such a betrayal to your body yeah it's such a betrayal to your body to yourself to to everything yourself it's just it's so wild, but she talks about this and she breaks down consent into um, self-awareness and that we need to learn when our body is saying yes and when it's saying no, is the desire there? Do you want to flirt with somebody? Do you want, do you feel comfortable with somebody's eyes all over you? Do you like, you know, do you want to have sex with somebody? Do you want to hold their hand? Do you want to like... Is there even desire there and being able to immediately identify that? And and that's like the start of like yes and no and being able to to sit in that. And that it can shift during. And it can shift. And that's she says consent has levels. Um, maybe you want somebody to hold your hand, but you don't want them to kiss you. Maybe you want to have sex with somebody, you know, one day and the next day you don't. She talks about. She says, consent can cover the bo- the ground of boundaries and communication. Can we flirt? Are you actually available for us to build an intimate connection? Can I send you pictures? Can I take pictures of you? Can we post them on social media? Like all the way down to, are you open to ass play? <laughs> like I these love are the- mad 
The other one too, and she was like, she could ask people like, be gentle with my knee. I tore my meniscus back in the day. (laughs) It's so true. And she says, asking for these things helps build a space of trust. And I know, I think this is something um, that I'm even currently dealing with is like having had partners that were so like, Rah, like let's go, mm-hmm. you know. And then being with a partner that's very considerate, and he was the first person that asked, you know, that was like, "Is this okay?" Asked consent to kiss, to make love, all of these things that I I feel like I have a lot of Unlearning. conditioning that I have to do where I'm like, where I have to voice my desire, and I have to like even offer him the same consideration like yo do you, you try and fuck <laughs> <laughs> and him and being able to be mature like, enough to nah, for him nah, to be nah, like nah, nah. <laughs> and like to deal with that and still and know that there's trust and there and then i call I'll you be there, boo. <laughs> like, and be well. like this is the worst thing that could possibly happen but well we've talked about your wide vagina you should get that fixed nobody wants to fall into anything okay (laughs) fell into love with you he doesn't need to fall in your vagina that's terrible um and then of course yeah so just asking for consent and teaching our children how to ask for consent and that's hard especially when you're in full-blown ass relationships but what is like and i like the fact that she also went into what is sexier than consent what is sexier than when the thirst is mutual, baby, and two people are like, "Yeah, come what on." What do you mean? I mean, it that when you when you're with somebody and you feel and like there is consent where it's like you don't have to work, you don't have to no. like pry and shit. When it's yeah. just like the thirst is there, we're both yeah. we both in it, and you both know. Yeah, it's I just think like, that. Oh. Yeah, I think that that's that's cool. I think that. It's Ooh, not like every. Know? It's not man, uh, mechanical. Yeah. Um, but some of the consent can feel that way sometimes, especially in the beginning of a relationship. Yeah, definitely. But I just, t- you know what? I just had this conversation. I think I said this maybe last week or two weeks ago that my friend was talking about this with guys and how like there's some women who do, you know, they have unlearning to do and how they do want a guy to kind of pull it out of them and and how he's like with this whole Me Too shit. I ain't doing that. Like. Nah, unless you tell me from jump, this is what you want me to try to do. And like, <laughs> we're, we're playing, but, um, he, oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. What was he saying? Being able oh, to he, ask for what you want. Right. Being able to ask for what you want, but also there's certain ways, like there's still sexy ways for you to do it. Like something that really got me going was like when I had a partner who would be like, is this Okay. Like, oh my God. And he looked me dead in my fucking face while he was doing it. He knew it was okay. But I was like, yeah, sure. And then like, <laughs> and I, I mean, but he knew and it was, it almost felt very dominating too. Like if that's, if that, cause I know that that's sometimes what some women are into. Some women it's like, I don't want to have to tell you to fuck me. Like, come on. But that's, yes. But that like, this is how you build the conversation. Right. But there's know? ways for there's, things there's ways to, for that to yeah. happen. Yeah. Anyway, this was really great. Um, What's the next one? Oh. And then she talks about, um, of course, no is a complete sentence. Oh, I'm um, And then what was the last one? I'll 
God damn Girl, it. I'm at the le- next chapter. What's the next chapter? But you can Oh, ahead. what's the next chapter? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I I have mine circles, but you go ahead. Well, why don't we you to pick the next chapter? You had some good ones. Um Well, since we're on this, let's do I want you but I'm triggered. I don't know what that is, but let's let's oh, read it and find what out. What page is that? 211. I want you but I'm triggered. I cannot wait to get to the ple- the pleasure of living at the same time as Beyonce Giselle knows Carter. <laughs> that is a chapter in this book and I, we're reading it. But for the for next week, I want you but I'm triggered. I she think offers some really great um homework too that I think we should oh, all yeah, pay yeah. attention to. And she says, "Choose one physical activity that you might take for granted right now. Hugs, handshakes, flirtatious touch, blowjobs, or sex, and track your consent in this activity for a week. You can keep doing what you normally do, but start to really pay attention to the signals in your body. Are you a total yes to this contact? If not, why are you doing it? If yes, give yourself an internal high five. Learn your own landscape of consent. What if you're not getting any of that right now? Girl, you better love just yourself. Cry. Like, I, I'm touching myself, but I just don't want to touch myself. Like, That's real. There's some people struggling out here, sis. I keep so, just touching myself. And I say, Shanti, do you want to touch yourself? And I say, no, but then I do it anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to tell my therapist. She's going to be like, girl. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, okay. Well, that was, that was a good one. I, I fuck with that one. Moving on. <laughs> Um, this is just, if y'all can't tell, it's just a mashup episode of just stuff that we've been thinking about. N- Angela Davis <laughs> and Nikki Ciao. Giovanni went live on the Facebooks with Girl Trek. If you don't follow Girl Trek, follow them. Um, they're dope. They just have a whole bunch of black women walking around, marching to freedom, child. But Nikki Giovanni, baby. I did not know how around the way she is. She was. I was. Is. Is. Is currently. So, Girl I Trek. Ready. Girl Trek did um, Daughters of interviews mm-hmm. with Nikki Giovanni and Angela Davis, and they interviewed them. And it was, they, it was just, it was all like a live stream, and it was so well produced. They did such a good job. Shout yeah. out to all of them. I was really, really um, impressed with how they did it. It's so still each up of the, too. Wait, real fast. Huh? It's, still, it's still up too. Yeah, and you can I'm, still watch it. I'm going to put the um, YouTube link in the description of this episode. Y'all should definitely watch it because it's really good. Anyway, but a girl trek is something that we can all get involved with and it is around um mental health and physical health and helping black women um find their ways of wellness through physically moving their bodies and of course helping to prevent disease that is highly preventable that is through like being more physically active and then giving more care to your mental health so they do like amazing retreats and whatnot but had them on they had them on and i was i was like nikki you (laughs) angela kept it together but nikki is a mess (laughs) a mess i love her she thought she was older than everybody angela was like girl we are the same age i am a vegan you eat pork that's why you look like that wait she said girl she said i got one lung 
and I got one breast and I'm happy that they're on opposite sides because otherwise I'd be lopsided. She says, so I eat extra pork because I got to keep my weight on. But tonight I'm going to make me a slab of uh, lamb. She said, I like the meat. I like the meat. (laughs) Angela was like, sis, you don't see this right here? I look about 43 years old for a reason. Okay. No, Nikki is hilarious. She don't give a fuck. She's exactly who I want to be when I, when she said, when she started talking about Donald Trump and she started, what did she say? She said she she smiled and she said, oh, I'm smiling because the man that brings Donald Trump his coffee just tested positive for COVID. And with any luck, he spat in it. I was like, girl. She talked about making him food and she wanted to make him food. food she and make him drop biscuits. Food. They were like, Nikki, you got anything? You got any prayer to leave us with? She was like, no. No. <laughs> Swing low, sweet cherry. <laughs> I like uh, spirituals. So she was Wait, I- she was giving shade to somebody. She was like, and there was another poet that I don't speak oh, to my- no more, and I ain't never gonna talk to no more. <laughs> she said, um, she said Tony. She they she threw a thing for Tony Morrison. I believe Tony Morrison's son died. Maybe mm-hmm. it was her daughter. Um, and so she had a bunch of uh, writers and poets come together, and they threw like this this celebration for tony and she said only one and, and it's all like an aside so you know she's just being authentic. Know, she's, she's like shady. yeah and it was one it was one one only one writer didn't come and i i've never talked to that person again but she sh- shall remain nameless and i will not talk to that person <laughs> again i said she reminds me of like an old grandma that i could just sit there with and talk shit with she was but she say some mean stuff to you but and wait. then the other lady called and was like what oh, I felt say? bad for she her. She was like, she Nikki, ain't asked nothing about what she, she what Nikki asked. Said. She said, Nikki, I don't know what she asked her. She but asked Nikki about was like, COVID, I think, and how they were, she was they were dealing with COVID. She said, you need to read this poem. She's, like, she's, she's a, a big, big woman like like you. And you're beautiful. I'm saying you need to read it. We, and you can feel better. And she was like, but I ain't saying nothing was wrong with me. But she respected her elders and she just smiled and was like, They okay. didn't know what to do she with said, her after a point. They were like, No, Hold they were up. like, oh, she is a mess. Wait, I actually have something queued up that I want to play. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it, though. She was like, no, nah, I ain't got nothing to tell y'all. It's um, 11. Can you hear this? No, because I have headphones in like a dummy. Hold and on. Don't I, say I just nothing. thought. You know, and I'm, I'm going to say it again to, to the young woman in Houston. You have to know your audience. And you don't. If you're sitting there saying, I'm not sure who I am, you don't know who you're talking to. This is, you know, you can do it a couple of ways. You can do It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And realize that these people came up 200 years ago. Or you can do the British way, you know, whenever I feel afraid... I hold my head erect and whistle a happy tune and no one will suspect I'm afraid. And what you have to keep telling yourself is, is I'm wonderful. Just keep the fuck saying, excuse me, just keep saying it. I'm wonderful. And you say, well, maybe I'm not. Well, by the time you realize you're lying, you be old and it won't matter. (laughs) Also, she's a Gemini, so she just talks. She said by the time you realize I'm lying. Finally, that made sense. I was like, Nick, no, the, that's the from the King and I. About? That's why she said the British version. <laughs> Better get up on your history. But she said some real shit. She said, if you go over a man's house, you don't fuck him if he don't have no books. And I said, that's a Did quote. Be... Are you fucking people that don't have books, Shanti? No. Did what's his no. face have books? The one you live with, who you, you act like you don't remember? <laughs> Did he have books? <laughs> 
I feel like he might not have. Yeah, he had books. Not a lot of books. <laughs> what kind of books? He had books like um, Malcolm Gladwell. And he like had leadership Malcolm Gladwell? Books. Wait, like which leadership one? books. You ain't and thinking like, about the person that I'm thinking about. I don't know. who. Oh, no, that nigga ain't had no... <laughs> 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 he had no books. I know he had no I'm like, he... That man he had magazines. No He's a sweet. What he had? Vibe, smooth. What he he probably had? had like um. He had black hustler. black men's the, magazine. What was the the black uh black men's magazine? What no, it was called? Where all the, the big black booties. girls were on it with the big that's booties. What, that's what it was called. It was not called black men's. It was like what was it? Smooth was one of them. He had like smooth and shit. No, he didn't even have none of those. No, but. God bless his soul. Shout out to you. You know who you are. He's with a white <laughs> girl now. Treating him right. He is? Child. Yeah, I, know, I knew it. Didn't I always say that? You I said did. he needs a white girl to, that is just going to appreciate what he has to offer, child. Wow. Yes, child. White queens. Well, he got himself a white queen. She's just like, oh. Anyway, that's so funny. My first <laughs> love's with a white queen, too. Excuse me? My first love's with a white queen, too. Not you no told more. me that. Not no more. They broke up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a hater. Look at look how I'm smaller. <laughs> I am Jill Scott. It's like, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. All right. Um, last but not least. But wait, wait. I want to share. Oh, I apologize. Angela was really dropping some gems. Oh, she was. And I really love when she was talking about radical self-care and how it needs to involve community. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, we got this skewed view of like, basically, she's like, get your heads out your ass. Stop worrying about how the fuck you look and your little boyfriend and them and worry about what's going on in the community. And um, I was really, I, I really love that, that she said that. And I also really liked that um, they were talking about how the work, the way that they worked and what they were inspired by when they were younger has been to kind of undo or in a way liberate the women that they had in the past of their past that couldn't do the work mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. And that was like kind of their guide. And I was like, yes. But I didn't agree with I didn't agree with the notion of you don't do it for yourself. You do everything for them. And you she can, said that? And, uh, Nikki was talking about that. She was like, you know, when don't we came Nikki's up. Off the hook. <laughs> she was like, when we came up, you went to school for your grandmother because your yeah. grandmom had to. And it's like, I, there, there's got to be a balance there because you can't only live for your parents and for your grandparents and only do what they want you to do. If that's the case, then. I, well, think, I a, think it was more like being able to do the. Um, you have to honor the doing work the progressive that work though, but doing mm-hmm. like the social progressive work, not necessarily like, like I got to become a lawyer, like what voting. I thought you said moaning. I said, "Oh yes, girl." <laughs> no, <laughs> like, like voting, voting, like going to school, like getting your education, mm-hmm. like you know, pursuing all those. Um quote unquote things that progressive black people do. So <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like owning a business. <laughs> like owning a business. Black people been have businesses though. Is I listen, I really love that. And I think about what do we do though? We our moms are white. That's what I was thinking. I was like, can I say <laughs> daughters of 
<laughs> I am the daughter of. I'm the daughter of Barbara Jean Kilt, daughter of. <laughs> no, I'll say their names. But what you know what it, it made me? Dorothy Williams, daughter of Barbara Jean Kilt, daughter of Dorothy Williams. Who are your daughter? I don't know her mother's name though. It's as far back as I can go. Daughter of Judy, Judy, Judith, Judith Ann Raytano, who is the daughter of Janet Hall. Raytano. Do you know who's her mother? Your no. great great grandmother? No. Yeah. They were salty too because they thought Nikki and Angela were going to have this long, I am the daughter of daughter to daughter to daughter. They were like, child, I only know my mom. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and Nikki was like, and I don't need no ancestors because whoever loves me is my ancestor. <laughs> she did. She... Y'all come up with the shit, these makeup shit y'all doing. <laughs> I will say they adapted really well because I'd have been like, <laughs> I'd have been there right up there with her like, you wilder right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, girl. So but can we say that? I was like, yeah, we can say it. <laughs> they could be like, the tape stop. <laughs> My fucking mom's there. They could be like, shut up with your white mom. <laughs> Speaking of white moms. Mother's Day just happened. Shout out to the white moms. I saw my white mom. Well, a couple things. And watching in Nikki and Angela, there were a couple things. And I'm calling them Nikki and Angela because they said that they would want to be called that. I feel uncomfortable. I would like to call them Miss Giovanni and Miss Davis. But I realized that we kind of all are mothers because I was oh. watching them talk, really. And they were working through some shit like... Uh, uh, Angela kind of got to it a little bit, but she didn't touch on it. She didn't go into deep, like depth, but she said like, we all have like these children within us that we have to still foster. And I was thinking a lot about like what we did last week and how like stupid and silly it was. And you were it went, like with the verses, how we dressed up and we're 30 years old. You got a whole preteen and I'm sitting here trying to get my life together, but we're dressed up like Erica Badu and Jill Scott on a fucking Tuesday recording. And when I, when I posted it, you, you, you wrote me and was like, we are not well. And I said, you know what? We are because the child, what did I say? <laughs> Fuck this up, girl. You don't build this up. The creative yes. adult is the child that survived. For real. And I really feel that way. Cause I hadn't been, I hadn't laughed that hard. And had that much fun in a long ass time. Cause we have been just grinding on like, okay, what's next? We're gonna launch Patreon, then we're gonna meet this day to talk about this, then we're gonna this, this, this. And it was just like, fuck, we just had some fun right now. Yeah. And I think that as especially our mothers, I don't even have I mean, I'm a cat mom. And I feel like I'm a mom to some of y'all crazy people out here. Shout out to you, you know who you are. But like we have to we have to take care of that those children within us in order for... I'm really serious about that because I think I lose... I can get so caught up in being serious and trying to get my work done that I forget to play. I and I think, you, I think you play. No, I don't. I don't play with nobody motherfucking kids. I don't even <laughs> play with my own kid, okay? <laughs> okay, you play. <laughs> But I'm saying, like, I think it's really, really important. And I was talking to my mother about that. And my mom has this child 
within her. Like anybody that saw my stories, how like when we saw her, she turned into a kid and she was like, let me show you what I can do. And she went, goes and gets this huge five pound hula hoop that she just bought to do her cardio. And I was watching her thinking to myself, for whatever reason, she feels like she can do this with us. Like with her kids, she can, she turns into a kid sometimes. And she's just hula hooping her ass off. Like she can turn and she like, she can go for like 10 minutes straight. And she's just like, yeah. And then you do this. And she's talking to us. And then she's on like across the room. And she's like, let me show you what else I have. This is my sage. And I, and I, and I grew rosemary and this, and she's just like, I got to show you and show you. And, and I, I just wanted to like hold her. Cause I just thought there's a piece of her that, that is, is so, is bubbling inside of her that she doesn't get to release mm. and share yeah. and she only shares it with us because she feels yeah. safe to do that and I yeah. want her to be able to share that um, but I have That's some nice. audio from my white mom <clears throat> that I'd like to share because I, I I'm into this new thing it's kind of morbid but I have this new thing where I really like recording her like videos of her audio of her, just anything that she's doing, I like to record it because she doesn't have anything of her mom. Mm. And so I don't want to get to a place where I don't have anything of my mom, where I'm listening to an old voicemail to hold on, you know? So I've just been recording her crazy ass. So I'm going to play my white mom. I think this one is it. Can you hear it? Any advice? What is this piece of sage advice? You have to come closer. What's a piece of sage advice that you would give to a young woman? This is too much noise. About what? About life. Just advice. I thought it was about a baby. No, mom. Sage. What is advice? Just life advice. What would you tell... All the young women in the world. What would you tell them? Love yourself. Respect yourself. Don't ever let your opinion of yourself be derived by what a man thinks of you. That's very important. Why? Because you have to love yourself. And if you don't, and you're always wondering about... And your life is dependent, totally dependent on how somebody reacts to you, you will never, ever be happy. And that's the goal in life, right? To be happy. What would you say to my unborn child? I'm not pregnant or having sex, so don't worry. <laughs> what would I say to your child? Yeah, what advice would you give specifically to your grandchild? Boy or girl? Listen to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Well done. But the advice I would give to you about raising your child is probably more important. Is that as much as you want to shower yourself with, shower your child with, you know, all kinds of gifts and make everything perfect and right, that that may not necessarily, and you can't like be your child's best friend, even though you would like to be very close to your child. That's all very natural. But remember that children need boundaries. Boundaries establish 
trust. Boundaries create a sense of security first. And then the result is that it establishes trust. So I think that sometimes that um, people can get like too close and say too many things and that can um, have a negative effect on the bond that the parent and the child share. So you do have to uh, establish those boundaries. And as far as, you know, giving the kids everything, um, and you just have to watch because then it's like a black hole. You can't ever fill it for the child. So you want to make them earn certain things and not have everything so that they have more of a sense of appreciation rather than a sense of entitlement. That was very good. That was good advice. I think it's interesting that you said that you mentioned boundaries because I have none with you. It's <laughs> <laughs> my white mom, y'all. Shout out to her. Shout out to Rude Jude. My white mom will come someday. I want her. I begged you. My Her no. white mom will not sound like my white mom, y'all. She's going to be like, what? No. Your white mom is uh, abrasive, Santi. Your white mom is like Nikki <laughs> Giovanni. Yeah, my white mom's like Nikki. Oh, wait, I'm messing this up. I ain't put my headphones back in. Audio is fucked up. It'll be all right. All right, go ahead. So I wanted to end this um, just with some um, affirmations. And it really hit me about the whole idea of, you know, the inner child. And so I'd like us all to take a deep breath. And close your eyes and really think about and envision in your mind's eye yourself at that tender age that is whatever your inner child is, three, five, ten, and the inner child is looking back at you and they're open and they're smiling and they're just ready to receive. And you are the only one that they hear. You're the only one that they see. You're the only one that they trust. And they're just open. So you just see light coming from their chest. And I know, I know a lot of us have been talking to our inner child like this. You better sit your ass down <laughs> I fucking hate you. and stop playing all the goddamn time. You play too much. You don't know nothing. And you know, you don't deserve no, you don't deserve uh, the abundance and all that money and shit. You ain't working hard enough and you need to be quiet and stop fussing about what hurts you. And you need to be quiet and you need to stop fussing about you want this, you want that. You don't deserve it, okay? Sit your ass down over in the corner and I come and get you in. I feel like it, okay? And I know that we've been talking. That's probably how we talk to our inner child. And I want you to take another deep breath. And I want you to look back at that young child again who is still trusting you 
and still looking to you and still loving you unconditionally, bright and orange and smiling. And talk to her differently and tell her that you're sorry and that you're making mistakes and that you're learning and that you care for her or him and that you're doing your best and she deserves love and that she's safe and that she deserves kindness and people to care for her and that she deserves to feel good and to know what's right for her and that every step of the way you're going to guide her or him and that you got them and you guys are tight and you give her a hug and you smile and you feel good and then you guys walk away. So I think we need to like stop being mean to our inner child, right? Like stop the shit, shut the fuck up, sit the fuck down. <laughs> shit. And be kind. And not be like a white woman to let your little kid do anything. It has no direction, but maybe not be so harsh. And I think that's really true. And that's like our work and that's radical and that is going to help us. So that's it. Okay. Ashe. Ashe. Namaste. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. <clears throat> what happened to your... Your... <laughs> Yo, that I don't know classic. if my mic was on B. That whole time? Nah, it's on. Woo. That, all right, I'm hanging up at this point. All right, please rate and subscribe Around the Way Curl podcast. Please join us, our Patreon. Shanti, what's up with your Patreon content? It's coming this week or not? It's coming this week. Okay. What are we doing this week? We have things coming. I have things coming. You, I'm like, you supposed to say, wait, but you know who, you know who we're in store for next week, right? For versus who? Ludacris versus Nelly. <laughs> That's going to be lit. I'm being it like. That's funny. I just feel like a couple of things really quickly before we go. Yo, that's a good one. That's a good one. But Nelly don't have like Luda was a before his time. Luda was way before his time. Nelly has hits, and I was thinking, like, drop make, down and get your eagle on is like that's your favorite make song. Me that's freak what out. you always talk about. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I was thinking about it because I was thinking, like, oh, maybe me and Shanti could do a ludicrous Nelly one, and then I was like, oh, she would have to be ludicrous because I don't know how to braid my hair straight back, <laughs> and I could just put a bandaid on. But then I started looking at Nelly's hits, and I was like, oh. He don't have as many as Luda, so I, I didn't want to do it. But we could do it if you wanted to do that it. But that insane. might get old. Yeah. But I'm really excited for that, so we'll have to cover that next week. But that could be Patreon content. We do have Patreon content coming. We just have to land on which one it's going to be. But Shanti definitely has a video coming this week that I'm excited to watch. What is it? What I say I was going to do? The Affirmations? Yes, you have a whole prayer and affirmation video that you about to do. Ciao. All right, y'all. <laughs> okay, please rate and subscribe <laughs> Around the Way Curls. Um, please join us on Patreon for exclusive content, including footage of this episode. And please call us at 215 948 
1-800-273-2780. Also visit our homegirl, Jade of All Jades, uh, Instagram, as she has a ton of content coming out around recipes, both drink and food, uh, for quarantine. So check that out. And we will be back next week. Hope you enjoyed the bonus episode. And um, I guess the, I'm trying to bring this back. The the takeaway is, you know, be nice to your inner child. Sit your dumb ass down. <laughs> I said no. You don't deserve a good time. Don't eat that motherfucking chocolate. That's what I need to say to my inner child. No, you need to say something else. <laughs> I can't. Like, bitch, you just had didn't, one. Didn't I just tell you to sit the fuck up? You, you can't fucking be hungry again. You're bored. <laughs> Close the refrigerator. We gotta stop talking to each other. It's just scary ass. Shut up. That's my inner voice. I'm not give a goddamn what you say. You don't even know what you're talking about. Be quiet. Damn. Where is JoJo? People in our room? should call and listen to what their inner voice. What's the, how do people call and listen to their inner voice? <laughs> They should call us and tell us what your inner voice is telling you, y'all, or well, what you you're saying to your, to your inner, inner child. Rather, I just did it. My inner child is mostly like around dumb shit, where I'm like, "Bitch, go sit down," or "Stop being petty," or "Stop running from Jill Scott." <laughs> Stupid shit like that. Stop messing with that little girl. She ain't do nothing to you. Yo, what's she wrong irri- with you? Like it irritates me. People that irritate that, me. She gonna. She I won't. struggle with. It's I don't know how I talk to my inner voice. Probably inner the way I talk child. to my... Sorry, my inner child. Probably the same way I talk to you. And everybody, <laughs> the fuck else around me when I'm like, what did I say? This is due today. Did you do this? Did you do this? Is this complete? Can I mark this off the to-do list? That's how I talk to my inner, inner child. Like, no, bitch, we can't have fun. The work is not over. Do you want to be great or do you want to die? Oh. That's what my dad used to say. Do you want to be great or, or do, do you want to just... die? Not die or like die like die slow. Die slow. That's fucked up. That's your inner child. Whoa, that's interesting. <laughs> do you want to be great? You ain't gonna have no fun. You better you get your goddamn be homeless. homeless. You wanna be out here running around broke, scallywag, unsuccessful, ain't do no work. You half ass, shiftless ass self, little girl. Get up. <laughs> do the goddamn work. Half ass shiftless. Remember it lean on me when he was like, you slovenly, sloppy boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my That's dad was hilarious. fucking. What's it? What's old boy's name from Lean on Me? My dad is him. What was his name? Is his, you know you asking the wrong one. What was Come, his name? Are you kidding me, bitch? You don't know it either. You gonna be mad at me and you don't know his name? <laughs> Come on, guys, Mister Lean on Me, Mister. I hear it, Mister Lewis Joe Lewis Clark, Mister Mister Clark. My dad was Mister Clark. He was Batman. doing crack. Damn, that little boy is doing crack. It's like, what in the goddamn it? <laughs> Yo, let's watch Lean Boy, on Me. Boy, you're like six years Yo, old. Yo, we should watch Lean On Me. All right, we got to talk about the Patreon stuff. So let's end talk. this. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Oh, we out. Oops. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs>